the original experience with your girl Kelsey Ruff. It's time to talk Taylor and all of the tea to sweet. Let's go. Oh, hi. Welcome to the original experience. I am your host, Kelsey. And let's let's just say it, guys. Merry Christmas. By the time this is recorded, edited, and then put out into the universe, Christmas is right around the corner. I mean, Santa is putting gas in the sleigh as we speak. And let me just say, I'm about to talk about the ELF on the S-H-E-L-F. So, if you're a parent, come back to this later. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, a round of applause. A round of applause for the parents. Because every year, you guys bring this elf out. And they all have different names. Like, Twinkle Toes, and Sweetie Pie, and Buddy, and Pablo, Peebo. Like, they all have these cutesy little names have their cutesy little intros and every year you all show an immense amount of dedication to this elf they're making snow angels they're pooping chocolate chips they're melting snowmen they are having little bubble baths with marshmallows they're watching movies they're having tea parties with the girlies aka the barbie dolls they're taking you know the action heroes hostage and you guys do this Every single night for like a month. And I know sometimes, and I really commend the honesty of when you guys are like, oh, like they've broken a leg or, oh, like they're tired. They're not doing anything tonight. But for the most part, you guys do this every single day. And I have never in my entire life shown that much dedication to something as the Elf on the Shelf parents. It literally blows my mind. Like, how do you find the time in your day to work and even if you are a stay-at-home parent that is a job because you're keeping the tiny humans alive so you're working you're keeping the tiny humans alive you're cleaning you're cooking you're doing the christmas shopping you are trying to survive and thrive as well and then you're also doing these little elf things and listen i have a friend who at one point had an instagram account of elf on the shelf inspo mind-blowing mind-blowing because how do you come up with something every single day like I come up with a podcast topic once a week but to do something every single day and like kids are smart you guys have them hanging off from a ceiling fan or literally ziplining through your friggin living room that's insane to me it is insane to me that you guys do this and I even googled like elf on the shelf ideas and the humor is astronomical. It's out of this world. I absolutely live for the TikToks where the elf has drawn on the child's face. And the child's like, it's not funny. I've got school. It's not funny. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. Like, that little girl is an internet sensation because of her elf drawing on her face. Christmas as a whole is just, like, the best time of year. I love Christmas. I do believe it's because my mother is a Christmas angel. Like, Christmas has always been very very special to us and I was trying to get like oh like what was the best Christmas present I've ever received and like I've received like a ton of great Christmas presents but then like the conversation went to oh like I could talk about some of the worst Christmas presents I've ever received and I've talked about it in the past that you know I was bullied as a child especially growing up in the church and part of the reason that I was bullied was because I was heavier set like I was a chunky girl I never wore little kid clothing I think it started where I wore children's sizes and then 
immediately. It was teenager and women's clothing that I started to wear. Me and my mom were able to start sharing clothes when I was in elementary school. And it was always one of the most traumatic things. And I didn't realize it was traumatic at the time. Like, I knew that it made me very sad and uncomfortable in my body is when people would buy me clothes for Christmas and they would never fit. Now, there were some instances where the clothes for my mom would always fit because it would be her who would be in the room with me on Christmas Day when I would be trying on all these new clothes and they wouldn't fit. And if you have ever received clothing that is not your size or you've tried to put something on that doesn't fit anymore, and you are down in the floor on Christmas with the knees like Megan bouncing, trying to make them jeans get some stretch in them. There's nothing more humiliating as a child than to receive your Christmas presents and the clothes don't fit, and you're having to bounce around. So you're sobbing because you're embarrassed because the clothes don't fit. Like what child can't fit in these clothes? And I know it's a more common occurrence than it felt at the time, but your clothes don't fit. You're twerking around the bedroom for an hour trying to fit into these pants and they don't fit. And I think that is one of the most exhausting things in the entire world is body image. And if that's something that you struggle with, we're going to talk about this for a minute. So if you need to fast forward or skip this episode, I completely understand I get it. But as I was saying, being uncomfortable in your body or being insecure about your weight is probably one of the most exhausting things on this entire planet. And sometimes I sit in moments of solitude and I think, how much of my life have I spent obsessing over the weight? You know what I'm saying? And it blows my mind because I sit here and I think these things, did I eat too much today? Or I ate some junk food all day today? Or I didn't get to walk around the block at work today? Did I have enough water? Are these clothes going to fit? How is this going to look? And I'm so hard on myself. But if any of these listeners or any of my friends came to me and talked about themselves the way that I talk about myself, I would be like, girl, shut the hell up. You're beautiful. And I think somewhere across the line or across the way, we've become confused. And it really took TikTok, which, hello, TikTok hasn't been around that long, to open my eyes. Is that when people are saying, oh, like, I'm fat, and somebody will say, oh, no, like, you're beautiful. Pause for the calls, hold the train, hold the phone. You can be both. I can be chunky, but that doesn't make me any less beautiful. And somewhere along the line, like I said, I feel like that has become, like, skinny is the only thing about being pretty. And everybody, everybody is. I think women are beautiful. Sometimes I just stop and I think, women. You know what I'm saying? And it's so weird. You were talking about Christmas and now we're on to this. But it is just exhausting. And I think of how much time I have literally wasted obsessing over this and thinking about this and does this darkness have an end? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we just put, well, let me not say we, because I don't know what everybody's thinking. I know that it's me. I have spent so much of my 30 years on this earth obsessed with being skinny, not obsessed with being healthy, not obsessed with feeling good, but being skinny because there have been times where I have been air quote thin, but it hasn't been healthy. I haven't done it the right way. I have been miserable in it. And I just, I'm never going to get those days back. Like, I think about that sometimes when I think about 
moments that I've ruined. And when I say ruined, I guess I mean that like very lightly. Things that I've taken the fun out of myself. Like being in places with people who I don't trust or who have hurt me. And instead of being excited about what's happened, I'm upset. Like, oh, like what's going to happen here? Like, what's the deal? And I'm never going to get those moments back. Like, or moments when I've been super anxious, I haven't done the things that I've wanted to do. And I guess that's the same thing with being obsessed about how I look. I had somebody one time who, it was at work. They were a client. And it was the first time anybody had ever said this to me. And it has stuck with me forever. She said, you look great. She said, you've always looked great. She's like, but you look fantastic. And I hope you're happy about that. And I hope you're healthy. That's the first time anyone had ever complimented how I looked, but they wanted to make sure that like, hey, like I'm complimenting you, but I want you to know that I hope you're healthy. And I know that like, I've probably butchered how it was said. And some of you are probably listening to this like, Kelsey, like what the fuck? But I just wish that I was kinder to myself. Because like I was saying, if any of you who are listening or any of my friends came up to me and they were like, I'm like, I'm ugly. I'm disgusting. Like, I think I'm like massive. I'd be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like, you're being like, very hard on yourself. And like, and that's my friend. Like, don't talk to my friend that way. I wish that I could be better. And maybe that'll be a goal for 2024. Like, I'm not doing resolutions. Every year I do resolutions and every year I fuck them up. So maybe that would just be something I will work towards this year is being like kinder to myself being more open and honest and kinder with myself because I just said I would never let like my friends talk to them themselves the way I talk about myself but, but am I not like am I not my own friend you know what I'm saying I think you never know what somebody's really going through and this is going to be a hard turn some of you are going to be like Kelsey how did we get here I've been watching the crown okay like and if you don't know what the crown is it's based on queen elizabeth and i binge watched it earlier this year and now the latest season has come out and it's talking about princess diana and i'm talking about this i guess it's like fresh on my memory is that princess diana was one of the most beautiful people in the entire world and she struggled with you know an eating disorder mental illness and she was one of the most celebrated people in the entire world. And look, you know what? You know what? Next week, we're talking about the crown. Because at that point, I'll finish it. And we're talking about Queen Elizabeth. We're talking about bum-ass Charles. We're talking about Camilla. We're talking about Princess Diana. Write it down. RSVP, Kelsey Talks the Crown. On site with Charles if I ever see him. But focus. Um, I think it's her story is just utterly tragic and I'm not trying to compare myself to Princess Diana. I'm just saying that I wonder if at the end of it she wishes she wouldn't have spent so much time on those things and had more time doing other things. Like in my next in my next thirty years, I just hope I'm kinder to myself and I hope everybody is kinder to themselves and beauty isn't subjective based off of your weight you can be fat and beautiful you can be skinny and beautiful you can have short hair and be beautiful you can have long hair and be beautiful and that's something that I struggled with for a very long time is that I only considered myself pretty when I had long hair and if you know me and even if you don't I had extensions I still have extensions I've mentioned that before but this past year I had longer hair 
I had 22s, and I had never felt more beautiful in my entire life. And when it came time that I needed to, you need to get new hair, or we need to cut these, I was like, okay, like, I need, from a budgeting standpoint, I have to be responsible. Let's just cut these. And I struggled because everyone was telling me how beautiful I looked. And I, like, I can recognize that I looked beautiful, but I had always thought that longer hair why am I crying about this oh my god I thought that longer hair was beautiful and so over the past month of having shorter hair I have found beauty in that and it's actually been very liberating because now like I feel beautiful with the hair I have and that's not to say pictures of myself from when my hair was longer I'm like wow Oh, to feel that pretty again. And I think that's one of the saddest things. Like, I've mentioned this to my friends and my family for years. Like, on nights when I feel very pretty, I don't want to get in the shower. And I don't want to go to bed because it's like, will I ever feel this pretty again? I really hope I'm not the only person who feels that way. Like, God, to feel that way all the time. To feel that way all the time. And... I was watching a show on HBO Max this weekend, and listed. It's called Naked Attraction. It's from the UK, because this shit would never fly in America, right? And it's essentially six singletons, one person picking, and it starts from their feet to their genitalia. And when I say genitalia, I do mean that. So, whatever sexual orientation that person is or identifies with, it shows that. And then, one person is eliminated. And then, it'll go up and it'll show from, like, their feet to their chest. So, it'll show their abdomen, if they have abs, their chest, whether it's pectoral muscles or breast. Someone else is eliminated. Then, you see their face. And, like, their smile. And then someone else is eliminated. Then you get to hear their voice. And then someone else is eliminated. And then when you're down to two people, you yourself will strip down. And they will get to see you naked as well. And then you pick your winner. You go on a date. Whatever. What have you. And one, I feel like being naked is so taboo in America. And, like, owning your nakedness. But one of the things that I didn't expect from this show is the whole entire time... Every time I saw someone who was shaped like me or heavier than me, I was sick to my stomach the first few times because I thought they were going to be mean to them or they were going to say something ugly. And so I was terrified for them. I was so anxious about it. But and I would put it on my Instagram story and I had replied to the person that we were talking about and I said they are so unbelievably kind. Even if it's something on the person's body that they may not like, they're never ugly or rude. They don't say anything negative about how the female anatomy is shaped. They don't say anything negative about the belly and whether they may be may or may not be more fat there. Boobs being uneven, which is a natural thing, hello. But it just blew my mind the amount of kindness these men and women showed one another. But here in America, you never see anyone on Love Island US or The Bachelor, any of these dating shows who are 
mid-size or plus-size women. It doesn't happen. And I wish there was an explanation for that. But for years, I tried to go on The Bachelor. The first time I auditioned, I was too young. Okay, whatever. But other than that, like, there aren't women who look like me on there who are mid-sized, tattooed women. Okay, like the tattoo thing, like I can understand, whatever. But they don't have women who look like me on these shows. So, of course, when I see someone butt-ass naked on these television shows who look like me, like I said, I was so scared about what they were going to say. And I had just never seen someone be so kind about the weight. You know, here in the States, it's so negative. It's, I feel as if the first comeback or the first insult, men and women, both guilty of it, throw around is you're fat. You're fat, you're overweight, and things of that nature. Because it, I think it's because you know that's going to hurt the most. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know that that's something that I would be willing to bet half of the population is insecure about. You know, and it's not just people who are overweight. I think it's the same goes for people who are skinny who wish to gain weight and they can't and so people are like oh go eat a cheeseburger I think that's disgusting I think that is very disgusting because you don't know that person's medical history you don't know if they're trying to gain weight you don't know if they are unhealthy and I just couldn't imagine looking at someone who struggles with disordered eating or a health concern and be like oh go eat a cheeseburger because it's not that easy just like it's not that easy for people to drop weight it's not that easy to put on the weight for some people you know what I'm saying and so I can't even remember what I was saying to begin with but I'm just going to go back to what I is on my mind right now is that just the kindness of these people speaking to one another and how they were celebrating all types of bodies was just so refreshing and so beautiful to see. And while, like, the show is a little uncomfortable because, I mean, it's just unedited, unblurred, just naked bodies. So after you get past, you know, the shock of that <laughs> and it is a little bit of a shock I was sitting there and I was like I'm going to have to talk about this on the pod and think of the most couth and respectful ways to bring it up because I just couldn't be on here throwing around slang terms for these body parts except I do think I said boobs but I think that counts but just what a world to live in when you have the confidence to go on these shows and strip it down, bare it all, bare ass naked, and not be ridiculed. And there was one girl, she was plus size, and she was the, she made it to the final two, and she was eliminated. And of course, you know, like when you're eliminated on these dating shows, you know, they do like the one-on-one interview kind of things. And she said, I never thought I would have made it this far. And I was like, relatable girl relatable and the only reason that she was eliminated is because the girl who won they had like something in common something that they were able to connect on so it had nothing to do with her looks what what a feeling to have that level of confidence because I could never and that's I think one of the reasons I was so fascinated with that show is because they just they went on there and they bear it all and that was that what a world 
So maybe that's what I want for Christmas this year. For Christmas this year, I want all of us to have the confidence of the girlies and the guys on Naked Attraction. And we all feel good about it that way. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Shit is wild when you really actually think about it. And sometimes when I get in these moods and I'm thinking about like how I look and my body, which I am like discussing with my therapist and stopping the cycle of taking pictures of how I look and obsessing over all of it. Something that sometimes replaces in my head is Kelly Clarkson. I wish I had a better metabolism. But someone else probably wishes they could walk into a room and make friends with everyone like I can. Always want what someone else has. It not that the truth? Oh my god. And so sometimes when I'm thinking, wow, like I wish I looked like this girl. Or I wish I looked like this girl. I wish I had her ass. I wish my stomach looked like hers does. I always think, well, there's a very big possibility that she wants something that I have. She might wish that she could have run an Instagram account like I can. She might wish that she had the confidence to tell her story and speak on a podcast every week like I can. Or that she has the family and the love that I have. You know what I'm saying? And the same flip of the coin is if we all put our problems down, we were standing in a circle. And me and you and you and you and you and you all put our problems down and then we saw what everybody else was dealing with we'd probably be real quick to pick our shit back up that's something else when i think about god like why am i the person like going through this like why am i dealing with these feelings of loneliness or why did i have such you know a troubling childhood growing up in the church and being bullied and knowing people are talking about me and being publicly ridiculed on Facebook. Losing people who I thought were my closest and dearest friends. But if I had to deal with some of the stuff that the people in my life are dealing with, I'd very quickly pick my shit back up. Because I wouldn't want to go through what they're going through. And it just blows my mind. But because I guess, I guess I'm chronically online. Let's just call it like it is. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. I live a very big part of my life online. Whether that's Facebook, Instagram for work, TikTok. And I see all of these people dealing with things. Grief. Loss of family members. Loss of a pet. Your job. Being away from the people that you love. We're all having money issues. You know what I'm saying? Like... And I see all that, and it's the holidays, and I think that's why I love Christmas so much, is because for the briefest of moments sometimes, like, that shit doesn't matter. I'm so lucky to live in a world of Christmas, and that's why I think I'm so obsessed with it, because growing up at Christmas was always, like, the best day. Besides, you know, my pants not fitting. And having to listen to Christmas shoes. Oh, God. Please raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by the Christmas shoes song. Is everyone's hands up? If your hand is not up, I am judging you because you're a fucking liar. You are a fucking liar if you've never been victimized by, Sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. Like, who thought that was a good idea? They walked into the record exec and they are like, Hey, um, just wrote this really cool song and like, okay, hit it boys. And it's like, oh, it's about this little boy and he doesn't have a lot of money, but he wants to buy these shoes that are just his mama's size because she's going to go meet Jesus tonight. 
what? And listen, I'm a little, I'm a little pessimistic. I'm a little, um, untrusting. What if the real gag of Christmas shoes is the mom wasn't meeting Jesus and he lied to get the shoes? Has anybody ever thought about that? So I don't know. Can, just the confidence to walk into the record label and say, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Record Label. I've got us a hit. And we eat it up every year. Now, I have put a ban on Christmas shoes in my personal life because I just cannot take it. You can only cry to Christmas shoes so many times. But when it comes to Christmas songs, my top ranking have to be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas because it's a classic. Two, and I will not be taking questions, comments, concerns, or criticisms. I want Hippopotamus for Christmas. Top tier Christmas music. She doesn't want a rhinoceros. She only wants hippopotamuses. And hippopotamuses want her too. If, okay, so back on the... If your kids are listening, turn this off and come back to it later. But, okay. We all know our mom and dad or our guardians or Santa Claus, right? And, okay, well, let me back up. I found out Santa was not real because I was in the sixth grade. I was a late bloomer. I was very trusting. And my mom had even, like, cut up, like, white fur from a dress she had, like, faux fur, of course, and put it in the fireplace. And I was like, oh, Santa's costume. He broke it. It's here. Santa has been hurt. So that bought my parents some time. But we were at the Fats in Bullen Springs back when that was still a thing before it was the Willy Taco. And we were sitting there and on the table were, you know, those little ads talking about Christmas. And we were talking about how Santa was going to bring a Fats gift card. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And so every, it was like I was sitting there and I had a vision of every single person who told me Santa wasn't real. And I said, oh God. So, I looked at my parents. My dad was sitting across from me, and me and my mom were sitting beside each other. And I said, I have a question, and don't lie to me. And I said, is Santa real? And, oh, my God, I'm probably going to cry for the 18th time on this podcast, this episode, to be honest. My dad looks at me, and he says, I see you when you're sleeping, and I know when you're awake. I know when you've been bad or good. And he was like, I'm Santa. I lose it. You would have thought that I had been abducted. And the reason I say that is because the people behind us in the booth were concerned. So I am violently sobbing. Like, <gasps> cannot breathe. My mom takes me to the bathroom. Somebody comes in and they're like, is everything okay? And my mom has to tell them that she just told me Santa wasn't real. And they were like, uh, that explains it. Carry on. Keep in mind, I had, at this point, I had two siblings. Intern Darby was not intern Darby. She was still living with my mom and my dad. And so I had to keep this secret forever, forever. And it came in handy with my parents because I was able to help them with some things. And this is a story I originally was going to tell before I got distracted with my um, Santa truths. 
is every year my parents would ask us, like, what is one thing you have to have? Like, if Santa doesn't bring you, you're going to be so upset. Like, your number one gift. And we would always say the same thing for, like, that year. Like, oh, like, I really want, like, a DVD player. You know, when that was a thing. Or I really want this pair of shoes. Or I want the whole Harry Potter collection. Spoiler alert, that was me. And one year, Darby had said this one toy all year round. Except for... The night before Christmas, when all through the house, Alan and Tanya were stirring, even the mouse, because they said, Darby, what's one thing you want for Christmas this year? If you don't get, you're going to be really disappointed. And y'all, this fucker looks my mom and dad right in their retinas, right in the people, and says, I want a bow and arrow from Brave. I put that pause in there for dramatic effect. But that is really how it felt because I knew that there was no bow and arrow under the tree. Santa had not been told about a bow and arrow. It was not number one, number two, number three, not even number 20 on the list. So Santa had to go get in the Kia and had to go take a little ride to the workshop, a.k.a. Walmart, to find this bow and arrow that she had never talked about. And I'm going to be quite frank with you all. I don't know how many times Darby played with that. I could not tell you, but she had to have it. And Santa did pull through. Now, if you ask the any of the rough girls, we do still believe in Santa. Because if you do not believe, you do not receive. And I am willing to bet $100 that I do not have. While I'm recording this podcast, Santa is having a meeting with Alan and Tanya about what I will be receiving this year. On my Christmas list this year, one, all of us start being nicer to each other. Two, I cannot believe I'm publicly admitting this. I want a pair of cowgirl boots because I think I can make them like grungy, really rock and roll. So I have asked for that. I have asked for a wax pot. So I can wax my own lip at home. I have asked for... Y'all know I'm a nerd. So of course I've asked for a Harry Potter a Harry Potter book for Christmas. But then I've also... I saw at Target the cutest little Gilmore Girls book. I guess it's like a children's book because it's illustrated. But I don't think I could read this book to my niece and nephew. And they would understand what the hell was going on. Will I be reading it to them anyway? Because Gilmore Girls is an important part of my life. Absolutely. And will I keep reading it to them until they understand? Absolutely. But I've asked for that. And I've asked for like cute little hair clippies. And I'm going to be honest. There are more things on the list. But I am currently drawing a blank. But I do hope in the next year... Because like I said, I'm not doing resolutions. I just hope I give myself more grace. And I hope all of you do that as well. I hope that this year, I hope that this Christmas, you find a little bit of joy in something. Because there's so much to be upset about. And there's so much hurt. I hope we all find just one thing. And if I've learned anything from musicals, I'm thinking of Waitress where they say, May we all be so lucky. And may we all be so lucky this holiday season to spend it with people that we care about. And if you're unable to do that, my heart is with you. I hope you can find 
joy in something this holiday season. I want to see all of your Christmas pictures because I react to all of them. Love, 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 love. Also, with Christmas being this close, be nice to your service providers because Santa is literally coming to town. Like I said, he is literally putting gas in the Santa mobile right now. He's putting it in his sleigh. Does he, and you could be saying, Kelsey, doesn't he use reindeer? Listen, I don't know that man's business. Maybe the deer, the reindeer are for decoration. Are they really pulling the sleigh? I cannot be sure. That's his, that's none of my business. I can't even drive a car. So what do I know about driving a sleigh? You know what I'm saying? But, oh, oh, off the topic of Christmas. I said this a few weeks ago and I mean business now. I'm going to start doing a new segment every week and it's going to be called, um, Taylor Swift songs that made me cry this week. Brittany Bresky does Song of the Week. I'm not doing Song of the Week because I can tell you right now, every week it would be You're On Your Own Kid by Taylor Swift. The Archer by Taylor Swift. Super Trooper by ABBA. And then Call Your Mom by Noah Khan. So I'm not doing Song of the Week. And plus, that would be copying her. What we will be doing is talking about Taylor Swift songs that made me cry this week. So without further ado, number one is going to be cowboy like me where she says now you hang from my lips like the gardens of babylon listen taylor swift could write romeo and juliet william shakespeare could not write cowboy like me okay period the second taylor swift song that has made me cry this week would be this is me trying off of folklore and i honestly the whole song makes me cry but the part specifically that makes me cry is they told me all of my cages were mental. So I got wasted like all my potential. And my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. Are you kidding me? And then the third Taylor Swift song that made me cry this week is a throwback. And when I say a throwback, it is from the year 2016. From self-titled Taylor Swift, it is a country song, and I'm, I guess, I don't even know if it counts as country, because, yeah, it does. I was going to try and gaslight thinking that it wasn't a country song, but it is. With that being said, the third and final Taylor Swift song that made me cry this week is A Place in This World. I guess I didn't realize the weight of the song when it came out in 2006, but now as being a 30 year old. And it says, I'm trying to see through the rain coming down, even though I'm not the only one who thinks the way I do. I'm alone on my own and that's all I know. I'll be strong, I'll be wrong, but life goes on. Oh, I'm just a girl trying to find my place in this world. Are you serious? Are you serious? Because here I am at 30 years old. I don't know what I want, so don't ask me. Direct quote from Taylor Swift. I'm trying to figure all this out. I'm trying to nail down micro-influencing to do influencing, trying to do social media, accidentally going viral on TikTok again, pure accident, and so I don't know. So please let me know what Taylor Swift songs made you cry this week. I'm looking forward to reading those and crying about it, but here's the deal. Next week is probably going to be the same Taylor Swift songs, but with all of that being said, to wrap it up, we're going to be nicer to ourselves. 
We're going to have a holly jolly Merry Christmas. And get ready, because don't think I forgot that we're talking about the crown next week. Okay? Alright, that is it. I love you so much. Say it back.